Welcome to LCF Unfiltered. I'm your host, Ro, an LCF women's wear alumni with a passion for change. As a person of colour in the fashion and creative industry, I have seen and experienced firsthand how we are often overlooked, misunderstood and mistreated. We see a lack of diversity in high positions within the industry. Racism is a widespread social problem. However, the structure of the fashion industry makes it harder to raise issues around representation, racism and inclusivity. Because of this, we have to put our best foot forward and let our strongest voices be heard. And this is exactly what LCF Unfiltered is all about. It's the opportunity to build a safe space for POC creatives without judgment or expectation and to give a platform to each of these voices whilst highlighting the talent and skill that is often undervalued. With the possibility of hearing from the few influential names we look up to in the industry, we as a community can learn, educate and understand together. This is not a podcast to counsel or to exclude anyone. Welcome back Instead, to LCF it's a chance for us to demand the show change. that spotlights, supports and encourages POC creatives to be unapologetically themselves, whilst addressing those sensitive topics we face and demanding change within the fashion industry. I'm your host, Ro, and today we are going to be talking about fashion marketing with the lovely Ambra Costanza. So welcome, Ambra, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Um, so for the people that don't know you, would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. As you mentioned, I'm Ambra and I'm 24. I'm from Italy and I just moved in London last October to do my master at London College of Fashion in strategic fashion marketing. And I just graduated last week. I submitted my dissertation and now I'm looking for a job in London. Hopefully I'm going to find someone, something soon. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Um, so has fashion always been your chosen path or has there been some major things that pushed you down this direction? Uh, I would say that like my passion for fashion was, I can say that it was burned with me, but at the beginning I was a little bit intimidated by this industry. So for my bachelor, I decided to do just marketing in general because I was really afraid into stepping into the fashion industry because everyone says that it's really hard and it's really, it's a tough journey. But then, you know, with the pandemic and everything, I just say, just you have to do what you want and what you love. You have to find a job that you love. So yeah, I decided to do a master in fashion. And also I think that um, since I was born in Italy, you know, in Italy, fashion, it's a really big thing and everyone is so focused on fashion. So yeah, I think I grew up like surrounded by this environment and I love that. So yeah. Amazing. Um, okay, so I know that leading up to the end of your course, you chose a topic of inclusivity and discrimination within luxury fashion retailing. Why did you choose this? Um, was this something you were personally subject to? Uh, yeah, uh, it was something that happened to me uh, because I'm from Italy, but my mom is from the um, Dominican Republic. So during my childhood, I experienced it many times, like entering in shops and being like profiled and some things like that. And so I've like experienced racism like through my mom, but also on myself because even my even if my skin tone is not that like dark because my father is white. I mean, in Italy it's considered to be like darker than the standard Italian person. So yeah, like I can remember that especially in elementary school, 
there are, there were a lot of children that were used to make fun of me, make jokes on me because of my skin my skin tone. So yeah, it was something that always affected me. And also, um, I was I, I I thought it was something that would have like come up during the course, but unfortunately, it did not. So I was like, okay, if they haven't done it, I'm going to do this. So yes, I'm going to do my dissertation on this because I think also like after all the protests in 2020, all that happened, so a lot of brands started to be more inclusive, or at least said that they are inclusive, but I always felt that it was like a performative effort and I wanted to really understand if they're really inclusive because I think it's something that it's so important for a brand to be successful and it should be some like in the policy and the values of the brand should be like mandatory to be inclusive. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So do you think obviously coming from Italy, do you think there is much change in London or even in the UK? Or do you think um, there is as much of an issue over here in comparison? I, mean, to I think that maybe there are countries in which racism is it's more a big thing. There are more, there are more racist people. It's, you can see it more like in, um, in a clear way. And, you know, people in Italy, when they move to London, they, London is seen as wonderland, like everything is better, everything is cooler and things like that. But I wanted to really understand if it's something in the surface and actually from what I found from my dissertation, yeah, it happens also in here. Maybe it, it happens not that much as in Italy, but it still happens. And yeah, a lot of the people that I've interviewed during my dissertation, like basically told me the same thing that happened to my mom in Italy. So like, I'm afraid to go to shop in luxury fashion retail because I know that as soon as I get in there, they're going to believe that I'm a thief. Yeah, you'll be stereotyped from the minute you go in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's insane that that's unfortunately what happens to us. Um, so of course this is a big topic and something that we hear a lot about in the POC community but what did your dissertation teach you was it what you expected to uncover? Sadly uh, I was pretty sure of what I would have found out because yeah I was pretty sure that I mean even if I'm here it's it's the situation is better racism is everywhere everyone is you can find racism in like every part of the world I'm 100% convinced of that so maybe in here you can say that it's better, but at the end, I don't know. I mean, I've read, like, while I was looking for articles for writing my dissertation, I've read one sentence that, like, stuck in my mind. It's like, it was, it was saying being diverse is not being inclusive because being diverse is invite someone to a party and being inclusive is invite that person to dance. So it's really, really different. It doesn't mean that if you have a lot of stuff that it's POC people or if you're like the, the security guard, it's black, it's a black. It doesn't mean that you're inclusive because then if you treat them like in a diff, totally different way, you're not inclusive at all. So brands should be aware of this and people should be aware of this. Like consumers should be aware of this because maybe they see models, black models, and they think, okay, these brands, it's really good because it's inclusive. No, this is being diverse, which is not being inclusive at all. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that. You see, when it comes to brands marketing, they'll use a lot of POC models, but the actual people behind the brand won't have any... Yeah, exactly. They're not giving power to Black people to make choices and make changes and bring their like point of view in the higher position, which is the 
the easiest way and the only way to change something. Because at the end, I mean, I'm not one. I mean, I appreciate models, but they can do anything. I mean, they can change anything. Of course. At the end of the day, people use those uh, uh, use models, unfortunately, as their puppets. It's not like they have a say in what they wear exactly. or what they do. So it's just through the voice of someone else. Um, so how do you think personally that the issue could be changed for the better? Or is it something you feel that there's just not enough people willing to change? Yeah, I mean, you should change like a lot, a lot of people that works in the industry because the problem is that the highest, the people that work in the higher position are still racist. So they're not going to, if they have like, if they are the, the most powerful person in the company, they're not going to change anything. So yeah, but um, what I was suggesting also is like beside hiring like black people in like as a sales assistant and in security in a fashion retail stores, you should have someone that checks on this person if they're delivering inclusivity because it happens. And there's also um, black sales assistant that have to see others assistant treat so bad black people, black customers. So you should put in every store a person that like check on everyone, how he's like treating the customers. Mm-hmm. And also it should be stating in the policy that if you're not mm, treat well POC people, POC customers, you're gonna be, I don't know, maybe too much about not fired, but you're gonna have like some consequences because if it's in the policy of the, the brand, you have to follow these rules. So it should be like a structural change from 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 the roots of the brands because I mean it doesn't change to like have us in the surface black people that works with you if then you don't care about what they think, you don't care about what they want to do. Yeah, of course. Um, is there obviously you know things from the market marketing side of things? Has there been a brand or a company that you've personally seen that you feel has, you know, really done this and you know help promote inclusivity um and diversity? I think that and it's quite like normal to say that the only one that I can think about that is more inclusive is off-white, but you know, because Virgin is a black person, so it's like normal that all the environment in there it's more diverse. And actually I had an interview for um, off-white recently for a job um, for a job position. And I was so glad to see that they they charger was black. So I think that all the environment in there is more inclusive, but because, you know, Virgil is black. So like the person in the most powerful person in that company is black so that this can work. This is the most like the clear example of how this should be changed. Yeah. And do you think it's maybe um, a little bit easier as we're seeing more like smaller brands develop from people of like POC or, you know, diverse backgrounds. Yeah. So that maybe as we get older, things will start to change more rapidly as these brands go like grow with us yeah absolutely i think we should put more trust in like new brands and younger brands because even from my research everyone was complaining about like the traditional brands like chanel dior and i think it's kind of impossible to like imagine to change such a big brand and such an old brand so we should focus and we should invest in younger brands and younger designers, black younger designers, all designers, and stop to try to make this difference. Because um, I remember that in the 
Instagram page of Farfetch, there was this new highlight content. It was black new designers, and we should stop to do this like this this differentiation. It's new designers. It's just like this. So we should yeah put some trust, more trust in these new brands and new designers, and see if they can change something. But I do believe that new generation is gonna change something. But also, I hope that they're gonna include more including topics around inclusivity and diversity in education fields because it's not that much talked about. It's more, everything is more focused now on sustainability and digitalization, which are important as well, but they should talk about more inclusivity and things like that. Do you think if you'd learned more about inclusivity and diversity, you would have still done your um, dissertation on that? Or do you think? Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. But I wouldn't have felt like, um, like I was doing a boring topic, you know, because everyone was so hyped about technology and sustainability topics. So yeah. at the beginning, I was like, oh my god, no one really likes me. No one is interesting interested in my topic. Yeah. But I didn't care. I was like, I want to do this. I don't care if there, if maybe making something about technology will make me get a higher grade I want to do this I think it's important I think it's personal because if you do a research you have to do something that really affects you and you it's important to you so I don't care about like maybe talking about blockchain because it doesn't affect me like in any way not in a personal way so yeah no I agree with you I think there is a massive focus on sustainability which there should be but yeah, yeah. there are many different aspects that in fashion we do overlook um and that we kind of push aside a little bit you know and you focus yeah, on exactly. things as sustainability not just touch it like uh, in in one seminar just on the surface like just okay there's inclusivity too but let's go back to sustainability no it's not like that we should do lessons and learn like explain to the new people that are going to be the new person going to the industry the fashion industry to explain how like deep this problem is and where it comes from most of all. Yeah. So if you, let's say someone gave you the opportunity to just have full control over the curriculum at uni, what would you add into it in the sense of diversity and inclusion? Like how would you go about making it better for people to learn? I would do like, as um, we had different paths during the course, we had the sustainability path, the digitalization path, the luxury path, why not including the inclusive path? Like it would be so, so interesting. It would be so interesting. There are a lot of things to talk about. And also maybe they're not in, I mean, when I applied to London College of Fashion, I was expecting to have more and more people of color in my course. Actually, there were really, really few people of color. So yeah. I don't know. I don't want to enter in bureaucratic things and things like that. I want to say things that are going to be like <laughs> not good for me. <laughs> of course. I don't want to go to jail, but I don't know. Maybe like like make more black people enter or ethnic minority people enter in the school. Like if you see a more diverse environment in this in a fashion school then you will think okay so if the fashion school is like this so it, the industry will be like this too yeah. but if you see all white people you're gonna see okay so it's gonna be another time an industry full of white people yeah of course I think 
it's one of those things I think it's very hard as well where we have so many like different campuses that you know everyone's so spread out in their different fields um and unfortunately it does feel like there aren't many POC on all the courses um but I guess maybe with this big move to Stratford that we might be able to see more of a community together well yeah yeah so maybe then it will seem a little better or you know it'll seem a little bit more comfortable and relatable for everyone exactly because also one of my my classmates that which I have interviewed for my research said to me that she was really sad because sometimes maybe not intentionally but maybe like someone said something not too like nice not to her but in general like maybe a racist thing not not on purpose but it can happen and when you don't have like anyone in the room that can understand what you're feeling it's bad so it would have been nice for her to have someone in the room to look at to look it up and let's say okay you can understand what I'm like feeling right now yeah of course I think it's definitely is the case within fashion as well it's one of those that a lot of things get said without realizing how it can offend someone else or things are done without realizing things could easily be taken the wrong way. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's, it's all a learning curve. Um, you know, it's just whether or not we'll get there, but hopefully we do. So, um, what would you say to someone that was, you know, a little bit worried about coming into the industry that was POC, what advice would you give them? I mean, I understand to be afraid because I was afraid at first. So I can understand, I can relate to it. But at the end, you just need to do what you want to, what you, what is your dream. You have to achieve your dreams. You have to follow what your passions and what you want to do because at the end, you're going to have to work all your life. And the best way to spend your life working is doing what something that you really love. And you came back home like happy and fulfilled, you know, with you, whatever you done during the day. So not to be scared of what you see because it's gonna be always something bad in the world. There's gonna be always bad things that happen, bad things that happen to people that look like you, but doesn't mean that you can do something. So just go for it and just and just fight for this because it's right. And even if it still happened, we have to see we have to. Uh, we have to understand and believe that things are slowly, slowly changing because they are. If we look back at the past, I, I can say that things were really, really like worse than this. So yeah, it's slow, but it's changing. So we don't, we, we keep, we have to keep fighting because it's changing. So yeah. Okay. Um, and lastly, what would you say to your younger self about where you are today? To do the same things because at the end, yeah, and to do the same dissertation, even if I was scared about my topic, I was glad to have a, to find a tutor who believed in my research. So not to be scared of what other people think about what you're doing and being judged by other people I really don't care about that because it doesn't, at the end, you are by yourself. Like the only person you have to care about what things about you is you. So, I mean, you just have to look at these people and be sad for them because, like, you are good. What you're doing is good. It's great. People that are racist, people that are are bad to you, they are really sad and you don't have to give them credit at all. 
I mean, it's hard, but it's like a process you have to go into. And at the end, you're going to be like capable of not caring about other people. Like even looking at you in a shop, you have to go stay in the shop and do whatever you want because it's your right. And if if they want to look at you, maybe you're going to ask him, ask them if they want a photo. That's it. genuinely I I live by that Um, (laughs) I probably too many people at this point Um, but yeah so thank you Amber for joining us today Uh, it's always great to learn about different sections of the industry and to hear the problems but also solutions Um, where can people find you if they're interested to know any more about you or what you do on LinkedIn on Instagram I'm happy to share experiences with other people and yeah whatever it's possible I like to have this conversation like we have all the same ideas and same experiences so yeah you can you can also find friends so yeah very true what's your Instagram handle just so everyone knows uh, at Ambra Costanza really easy not any special name <laughs> it's my name <laughs> really no. basic my name yeah <laughs> okay amazing um so thank you for listening to another lcf unfiltered episode be sure to visit lcf or myself on instagram to join in the conversation and get involved until next time thank you join us next time where we'll be talking to tanisha thakara i absolutely love having different people's opinions from whatever background they're from whether they're white asian um i just like even if it's something i don't agree with i do love hearing other people's opinions and then having that conversation with them as to why they think like this and why they believe it's right to think like this thanks and see you next time